Hello everyone, JP here. I hope this note finds you well. Summer is here and we will be taking a break. I will be focusing my time on researching and writing the book all about the last 8%. Um, We don't know the title. Roughly though, it will be looking at what does it mean to grow the skills to be better in the last 8%, to use those opportunities to transform ourselves, also transform our teams. What does it mean to build a last 8% culture? What does that mean exactly? In the meantime, we have chosen some favorite episodes from past seasons for your listening enjoyment. And because we want you to keep moving and listening. Why? Well, we know that mood follows movement. And so we have over 145 different episodes. Go back, listen to various ones, listen to them again. It's great for the repetition because there's a lot of good content there, but more so it's about building these habits. Uh, If you're interested in finding out what your predictable default behavior is, that is, what do you do? What's your pattern when you face a last 8%? Go to the show notes. You can take our quiz. Um, But most of all, you know, feel free to join our Facebook group and share everything with other folks. But most of all, have a wonderful summer and we will see you back real soon. Thanks so much. Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so great to be with you today. In today's episode, you want to have a positive impact on the young people in your life whether it is your children or the young people you influence. So you worry. You worry about whether they are eating well and exercising enough and growing the right skills and getting into the right schools and being influenced by the right friends, in a relationship with the right boyfriend or girlfriend, and on and on. But you are looking in the wrong place. In today's episode, I look at What has the single greatest effect on our children? Excited to be here? I certainly am. Let's walk. Out walking, enjoying this lovely day. Moving as we are able. Feeling our feet on the ground. Feeling our belly rise and fall. And just see if you can arrive in this moment, letting go of thinking and doing, planning, and just be present here, now.
at the last 8% morning we walk. We integrate movement and mindfulness and mental training exercises. So just feel your feet on the ground. Feel the bottom of your feet contact the ground. Feel your feet and ankles. And stand tall, look around, feel grateful. It matters how we start our day by engaging in walking and mindfulness and learning and goal setting and gratitude. We build a focus and momentum for the day. It's so great to be with you today. So now feel your belly rise and fall. Feel your belly rise and fall. And now feel your whole body and check in. Do a full body scan and check in for the two barometers that we use, the interoceptive system. And the first one, as you know, if you're a long-time listener, is the pleasant-unpleasant scale. So just tune into any sensations that you have and noting which ones, you know, from head to toe, what do you sense are pleasant to neutral to unpleasant. So on the pleasant to unpleasant scale, just tune in, see what's present. And you might have, as I do, a lot of neutral, a fair amount of pleasant, and maybe in my mid-back a little bit of unpleasant physical sensations. Now feel your belly rise and fall. And let's go to the second barometer of the interoceptive system, which is calm to not calm. So again, from head to toe, tune into any sensations that are calm or neutral or not calm. Let's see what you can sense in all of these places. For me, I sense quite a bit of neutral, maybe a little not calm around the, my heart area. And that's what you want to do is just check in for whatever is present without labeling it as good or bad. So again, head to toe, sense calm to not calm. 
wonderful. Now, I want you to just tune into what you can hear. Now, certainly you will hear my voice and where I am. But do you notice any other sounds? Cars going by, the sound of your feet crunching possibly the ground, making some sound, birds. What do you sense? Fantastic. And just re-relax your body. Mindfulness is not about creating calm. It is about changing our relationship with what is. The outcome might be that we feel more calm, but that's not the goal. The goal is to be present for what is and to change our relationship to whatever it is we are experiencing. Not getting caught in hooked, getting hooked by a thought and getting wound up or being closed off, closed hearted to whatever it is that's going on. Wonderful. And let's move now to our idea of the day. So you want to have a positive impact on the young people in your life, whether you have children or not, but you want to influence these young people in a positive way. So you start by worrying because that's what any good parent does, right? Worry. You know, are they doing okay? Are they making progress? Do they have good friends? And so we worry because we care. But you are likely looking in the wrong place if you truly want to set up your children for success, however we measure success. What most parents or people who influence young people miss is staring at them every day. It's not whether their kids are eating well, exercising enough, getting good enough grades, growing the right skills, being influenced by the right friends, getting into the right schools, in a relationship with the right girlfriend or boyfriend. It's not all of those things. It's us. It's how we, as their parent or person of influence, it's how we are living our lives. It is the beliefs we hold about many things, including whether we see the world as a good place or not, whether we believe our environment will yield to our efforts, in other words, that we have agency, whether we have social trust or not, that is, do we believe in general that the people in our lives, in our neighborhood, in our community, on our street, in our state, in our province, are good and can be trusted? These beliefs and mindsets have a huge influence on our kids, but it goes much deeper. It's also the frustration that we feel for how things are going in our lives or not going in our lives. It is the regret that we sometimes feel because of the risks we didn't take in our life, in our careers, in our relationships, or in some of the big choices that we've made or didn't make. 
This is what will seep into our kids. This is what will influence them, whether we intend it or not. Carl Jung said, The thing that has the single greatest effect on children is the unlived lives of their parents. Let me say that again because it is such a powerful quote. Carl Jung said that the thing that has the single greatest effect on children is the unlived life of their parents. The unlived lives of their parents. This is what has the biggest impact on our kids and the young ones we influence. Yet we miss it. And we focus on a bunch of stuff that has far less influence. And we get anxious about all of these other things. It is us that we need to focus on. And to be clear, it's not that we need to be perfect. I can tell you from my own experience. When I went through the breakup of my marriage, I worried so much about how it would affect my kids, three kids, now in their late teens and early 20s. And to be honest, I don't think I was as vulnerable with them about all that was going on as I normally am because I was so worried about how it would affect them. What I missed is that what mattered more than the fact that we broke up or not was how I dealt with it. This is what mattered the most. Standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. Feel our breath rise and fall in the belly. Seneca, the Roman Stoic philosopher, said, There is nothing in the world so much admired as a man or woman who knows how to bear unhappiness with courage. That's what our kids are watching. That's where we have such an opportunity to influence this next generation. As I like to say, don't worry that your child doesn't always listen to you. Worry that they are constantly watching you. They are modeling your behavior. They don't want to give you any indication that they're listening to you or watching you, but they are. And in 20 years, when they hit their own disruption at work, their own pandemic, or when they have a breakup of an important relationship or a marriage, or they face some heartbreaking loss, what they will rely on is the model that you set for them right now. Right now. And to me, this is why it is so important that you build the skills and courage to be better in your last 8%. Because if you don't build these skills and this courage, you will continue to avoid the anxiety-inducing experiences of your life and end up feeling regret and end up feeling not so proud about yourself. And that is obviously not great for you, but it has a huge influence on your children. That's what seeps into our children. And I must say, this is one of the biggest motivators for me when I face the last 8% to move in as opposed to avoid. I think to myself that my children are watching. Now, my children live 
one in a different country and neither to live with me because they're in university. But I think to myself that they are watching. And I ask myself, is this the model that I want to set for them? And I'll tell you, the answer becomes so clear. Again, feel breath come right down into your toes, calming this body, breathing out, releasing tension. Just know that you don't have to struggle in the last 8% that you face. Those tough conversations, difficult decisions, those opportunities to meaningfully connect that we sometimes avoid because emotions get in the way. You can build the skills required to work and lead and live courageously in the last 8%. And quite frankly, that's why we're here, to help you each step of the way. Because we know, I know, you have inside you the courage to be exceptional. The courage to be uncomfortable. The courage to take risks. The courage to fail. The courage to start again. As Robert Frost said, the best way out is always through. So let's move now to our three by three. Three mindful breaths right down into your toes, calming this body. Now let's move to gratitude. What are three things that you can feel grateful for without working very hard? And finally, what are three goals that you want to really tackle today? If you got these three things done, these three big rocks, it would really make your day productive. What are those three? In your mind now, kind of reflect on what those three are. Fantastic. Now let's bring this energy into the day. And when you face the last 8%, and it could be the smallest, it doesn't have to be the big profound ones, but even the smaller ones that we kind of resist or we put off, just think, if my kids were watching me right now, how would I want to model for them? And let that be the driver of what you choose. As we finish, I want to quote Soren Kierkegaard. He said, To dare is to lose one's footing momentarily. To not dare is to lose oneself. Let me say that one more time. To dare is to lose one's footing momentarily. To not dare is to lose oneself. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.